Hello, and welcome to The Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith, and The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who've had an association with Oshkosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area. Kosh listeners, how are we doing this morning? It is good to be here. I, um, I'm feeling really good. Hey, I always feel bad when I miss a week or two of recording, but um, summer is the hardest time to get uh, to record because, you know, people got lives. Uh, there's things to do, including myself. And so in, at this time, you know, we, we miss a couple of weeks here and there, but I'm sure uh, everybody understands because uh, we do try to be consistent with our content. And um, we are creeping up on 100 episodes, so if you ever get the niche, the itch, to get a little bit uh, of the cash, we've got lots of back content for you to listen to um, and would be excited for you to listen to. You know, the summer might be a good time to play catch up because I know most people can't catch every episode every week. All right. But once again, it is a beautiful day out. The sun is beaming and, you know, you know what I'm going to say? <laughs> gosh, listeners, you know what I'm going to say? I do not know how I get these amazing, amazing guests. And I am so excited about this week's guests. So without further ado, this week's guest is Fanny Z. Hey, Fanny. Hi. Did I get the right? Yes. All right. I'm working on it every time. <laughs> I ask every time, but we're going to get this right. Um, I'm getting better at these names. That's what's really happening. Uh, how are we doing this morning? Pretty good. Um, been pretty busy, and I was up until like two a.m. yesterday. Fanny, you, first of all, you're being modest when you say pretty busy because <laughs> you are one of the most busy people that I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And two a.m. Yes. Um, it's mostly because I'm organizing um an event, which I have to communicate with um someone in China. And we have time differences. So the only time we can communicate, it's kind of like me after midnight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That, yes, that's that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's um, 2 a.m. I don't know what I could communicate at 2 a.m. <laughs> other than some <laughs> some snoring. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a morning person, so I would rather stay up late until we wake up you know, ah, in the morning. Okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that's surprising because I have... I've been a morning person since the military. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, because, A, you didn't have a choice then. Mm -hmm. And since you are a vet, um, thank you for your service. You know, that I'm I'm surprised that the morning didn't stick with you. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. Um, You ready to jump in? Sure. All right. Fanny, can you please share a little something about yourself and uh, what's your connection to the Kosh or the surrounding Fox Cities area? Well, um, that's probably going to be a longer story. <laughs> we got time. Okay. <laughs> so um, I was actually born and raised in China, and my mom was a translator. So for her first job, she kind of traveled around the world. And then um, when she come back and had me, and she always told me that one day you should travel around the world too to see what's outside. Um, maybe you could study abroad, and that's exactly what I did. Um, I actually came to the United States when I was a teenager, and I went to a Canadian high school, which gave me the combination of education 
from the Chinese education side and from the Western side too. Um, I really like the freedom and creativity that I get from the Western side. So that's why I decided to pursue my education further in you know Western countries. That's why um, I came to the United States and um, I did、uh, went to school for about two years. And you probably can't imagine. I actually studied graphic design for two years. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never really tell anybody that. I didn't know that. Okay,、yeah. that's new. That's new to the story. Yes, and then、um, during my school time,、um, my dad passed away.、Um, as an international student, that time,、um, actually, you can't really work. You can't legally work in America. So all my tuition fees, all my life、uh, living expenses were paid by my mom. And there's that's just too much pressure on her, and she have to deal with the funeral and the family. So I decided I need to be more independent.、Um, so I made a choice.、Um, it's not. I'll be honest. It's not for、um, some glory reasons that I actually sign up for being a soldier in the United States Army.、Um, I sign up as a reserve. Um, from all the jobs that I can pick from, there's something called my eyes called mental health specialist,、mm. and I figure you know one is that I always fascinated about psychology and people, right? And number two is I can actually learn a lot from this job, so that's why I chose it. I signed up as a reserve, um, but. After basic training, which is the boot camp, boot camp, and then the skill training,、um, first day in my unit, I receive an order to go to Afghanistan. So <laughs> <laughs> that fat, you came out、uh, yes. straight out of boot camp, and did you get to go to AIT first? Or yes, go, did, yes,、so、I you, did go to AIT. So boot camp and AIT, and right away you get Afghanistan orders. Yes, and I signed up as a reserve soldier. Being thinking, you know, I can continue my school after training.、Um, I just need to go training, or、um, probably for like once a month. That's、right. my thought. <laughs>、um, but when I sign up, it's when Afghanistan war and Iraqi war happening at the same time. So the rate for me deploying is like two hundred percent. I know that, but、Facts. I just、Bruh. didn't know it's that fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, we are the last rotation to do one-year deployments.、Um, a actually, the experience in Afghanistan gave me a lot experiences that I value. That's that one year I spent in there is more than what I learned in four years in college. Right.、Um, My job is basically working with psychologists, social workers, and psychiatrists. And then,、um, whenever there's a KIA or traumatic event, we go out. We do、um, personal counseling, group counsel- counseling, debriefs. Okay, what is um just for our listeners? What does、mm-hmm. KIA stand for? Oh, it's killing action. That means、um, a soldier sacrificed their life.、Um, the when.、Um, It's. I did attend a lot of memorial service because、mm. of that.、Um, because、right. every mission I go, it's not due to something good.、Uh, 
Um, at the same time, there's fun part too. Um, we belong to a unit called Combat Stress Control. That means we do prevention too. Um, I actually, <clears throat> we have this idea to convert like a big theater into gaming competition room. So mm. through that activities and events, we can you know release the stress for right. soldiers. At the same same time, I was trying to incorporate my culture into you know combat stress control. Where if you tell a soldier to come to for classes for you know stress for PTSD or for anxiety, they usually don't come. Especially they were forced to come to these classes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, um, but I create. A, like a Tai Chi class, oh. Tai Chi meditation class. So you educate them about yin and yang and how to balance yourself uh, through that and some medi- meditation through, you know, Western or Eastern style. And they found that interesting. They think this is something cool, so they, they, they want to come to learn. <laughs> so that was really interesting. And probably at that time, it gave me the idea of, creating being creative can really attract people to something they think is boring but useful right (laughs) so that's kind of like what i'm doing right now um so i would uh, think that's fascinating yeah like uh to have that as an option um you know i'm i did not ever have to go overseas Mm -hmm. or deploy so i i don't i don't know um (laughs) i've just got friends but right. you you've been through those PowerPoint sessions, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, death by PowerPoint. Right, is not, that is not a joke. Right. Um, that being said, um, it, I I think that's an interesting uh, way to go about that uh, to to bring in other culture, other knowledge bases to come and and assist the soldier. Mm-hmm. That's powerful, um, and, and I'm I'm sure not happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Right, that yeah. that's pretty original. I, I it's actually the army actually gave me a lot of freedom to explore um, different treatment um, options or just use the resources, whatever I can get to make the soldiers one happy and number two, any way to release their stress and being doing something fun there. Yes, and I'm going to be honest, that doesn't typically happen. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's typically some type of a guide, book, instructions mm-hmm. to every single thing. So the ability to have some autonomy and freedom to be able to create in the military. Yeah. <laughs> um, to me, that's almost unheard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> impressive. It Highly impressive. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stop your story. Oh, sure. Uh-uh. Um, so... After my deployment, um, I kind of fell in love with psychology. Um, I did, we for AIT, um, that's the skill training that we do in the military to fit in our jobs, which, which we called it MOS. Um, we basically learned two years of worth of content in college, in psychology, in two, probably five months. So it's really an intensive course. But during the process, I fall in love with, you know, this is a way how to help people, how to analyze what's going on with your mind. And you 
make up the strategic plan to help them. And that's why I chose to keep studying psychology. So I did change my major. I probably spent six to eight years to finish my bachelor degree because I changed my major. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I have to start over. Um, I did take classes while I was in deployment too online, and that gave me a lot of hardship. I got a lot of Ds and Cs because I couldn't find internet where I go right. and to do my midterms.、Um, But eventually, I did it. I did get my bachelor degree in psychology, and I do have an ABA minor, which is、uh, applied behavioral analysis.、Um, the minor is focusing on helping children with autistic too. So after I graduated, I、um, wanted to continue my career in behavioral health and mental health. So I did、um, work in the field of.、Um, Developmental、um, disability crowds. I work with elderlies. I worked with、um, kids with autism.、Um, that leads me finally to Fox Cities. Actually,、um, so the last place before I get out of the military was Savannah, Georgia. It's pretty different from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little, just a little. Yes, I have to say, like I, I've been traveling around <clears throat> several states across the America, and then each place I go, I got a culture shock. Like I got a culture shock from coming from China to United States. That's、Bruh. the first one. And every state I go, I have a culture shock. Facts. <laughs> yes. Um. Actually, we came here because my ex-husband found a job in the area. I figure, you know, my with my profession, it's gonna be easier for me to find a job here too. And I do heard we have a lot of mental health problem in Wisconsin. I mean, it、yeah. sounds bad, but it's the truth. And we are well. While I was in college. I learned Wisconsin actually is the capital of serial killers. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I, you know, capital of it is such is such strong terminology. <laughs> I mean, I know we've had a few. Yes, but、um, I didn't know we were the capital. The, yeah, but it, it's there's something、uh, some interesting stories that I learned in college, and, and several cases are from here too.、Um, but. That kind of leads me here,、um, thinking maybe I can find some something one interesting. Number two is something that fit with my profession that makes me keep helping people. But the other thing great about Wisconsin is Wisconsin have more veterans than any other states. Not not more like most like you know it's it's more than a lot of states. Right, it's、yes. true. I I think.、Um I I know we're ranked in like the top five, I yeah, believe, and、yeah. so we might be number three, yeah, somewhere there. And then we have a、uh, several Medal of Honor recipients in the area too, which、mm. is it's in Fox Valley's. That's crazy, yeah, because、right? <laughs> that they just don't hand those out. Yeah, yeah.、Um, so my、um, for my career plan, I want to keep.、Um, Working in the field of mental health, and at the same time, I want to help veterans, because 
as a veteran myself, after getting out of the military, I did have transition problems. I did have mental health problems. And I kind of have to figure out those problems myself. Um, because it's not the resources not there. There's resources. But sometimes it just, I don't feel the connection with the resource I'm seeking help from. Because I don't think it's a match for me. And I kind of have to figure out my own way right. to do it. Um, that's why I want to keep helping veterans, especially when they're trying to change their career, they're moving, or they're transitioning from military to civilian lives. Um that's why I made another decision that I want to be a social worker. Um, I did get my graduate degree in Master of Social Worker in UWGB. Um, through that program, it actually changed my perspective again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, through that program, I was going aiming for clinical psychologist, clinical social worker, which means um, I will continue doing group and personal counselings more on that side, clinical side. Um, but through my time studying, I feel like a lot of my classmates learn about culture, about diversity, about inclusion in books but they're more just vocabularies for them they don't really truly understand what is behind those words behind those vocabularies and they don't have the real life experiences it's not their fault because it's they grow up in the area they have never experienced something like that or their family is um different from their client and that's very common. Um, so I kind of shift my career into not clinical psychology, but more toward DEI and advocating for minorities and marginalized groups. And that's lead me where I am right now, which I am a leader for a nonprofit organization. And that makes me want to make changes to the society, to this community, to make this community better. I think it's, for me, it's working in the larger, broader level than individual counseling. And I feel like I can make more positive changes that way. Um, that's why I chose the route right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um <Bruh>. yeah, my <laughs> my my life course changes several times and as you know, I am right now also a small business owner. So, <laughs> how does that come from? Yeah. Um during COVID time, I was working in the agency that helps autistic kids. Um but after COVID hit, it is just impossible to put masks on those children and continue the service and keep social distance. That's why the agency I was working 
has dissolved during COVID time, and so I lost my job at the same time. One, I need to um, provide for myself, of course. Number two is that I always want have this dream to become a business owner, to have something of my own.、Um, my mom is has always been a tea lover, and so she told me everything about tea. How to brew them, the culture behind it, history behind it, and tea is a very important part of culture in Asian countries. Right. <laughs> so I want to, if I want to open a business, I want to bring a piece of culture in the area. So that fits in my goal as a social social worker too, to bring culture and diversity in the area. That's why I. Thought about bu- bubble tea, <laughs> so bubble tea was invented invented in the Taiwan in the eighties.、Mm. It's basically a tea based drink, but something in between drink and beverages and food and snacks.、Uh, we put different toppings in there. We can put tapioca balls, jellies, popping bobas, yogurts, fruits, whatever you want. Yes, yes. I'm <laughs> all about the popping. Yes, yes.、Um, so that transform tea into a more accepting form of beverages that can be welcomed worldwide and can be welcomed not only、um, adults but children. So <clears throat> I think food and drink is the easiest way to make people learn about culture.、Um, it gained a lot of popularity worldwide, and it has not come here yet.、Um, that's why I want to bring this amazing tea drink into the area. At the same time, I don't want my shop just being a food and drink place. I want it to be an immersive culture. Theme the store. That's why decorate. Yeah, yes, it's an experience. Yes, it's not only food and drink that you're purchasing. It's an experience. Is that when you walk into door into the door and you are experiencing something different and interesting that you never learned it before, and it's an education itself. Where's the tea come from? What? How is the tea made? We have a little area where. Um, you can try on traditional Chinese、um, clothes and take a picture of it. And our baristas really have all the knowledge of these teas. So it's not only you know you order and you get your food and your drink. You can actually have a conversation with us, and we can tell you where this tea come from, what's the history, how it tastes, the combination of everything. So you. Get a full experience rather than having the drink in my shop.、Um, it's decorated with Asian pop culture decorations, and we support local artists too.、Um, that's the other side of me, my social worker side, is that I don't want to just be success myself. <clears throat> I want everybody else to be successful too, and that's why we allow. Our artists, baristas, to sell their own designs in the shop, and we do have other small business that sell their products in my shop too. And sometimes we create events that 
invite individual artists or small business to have a booth in the shop so we can grow together in the community. Yeah. I've seen you do some really cool things and um, you, you are everywhere. I am. You know, if people, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, maybe not so much here in the cash yet, but I think you're, I think you're looking around to see if you can make your space here. And I sure hope, you can because I think it would be fantastic, but you are everywhere in the Fox Cities. Yes. And uh, I think that's two part of it. One is for my shop. Uh, whenever there's an event, we try to set up a booth, one to sub, you know, show the support. And if we are not able to make it, at least we're making donations or sponsorship for those events to show that we are supporting this good cause. Um, <clears throat> the other part is that. Since right now I'm the president of the Northeast Wisconsin Chinese Association, it's part of my responsibility to promote our culture too. And that's why we are in every events. We're in schools, we're in the YMCA, we're in the children's block party parade to promote the culture, to have a boost there and educate people about the culture. Well, gosh, listeners, you heard it here. Uh, you know, Fanny, reach out to Fanny. Um, and Fanny does have a team of individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, um, bring her in. Let her um, let her educate. Let her be part of your events. Um, she brings something really different, something really special. Okay. You ready to jump into the first segment? Sure, yes. First segment is called, What in the World is Going On With? That's where you start with the phrase, what in the world, and then you tell us what's on your mind. Okay, so uh, my topic is, what in the world is going on with female veteran care? Mm, Bruh. (laughs) Facts. Yes. Um, So just if you're not familiar with the data, I have some numbers that I write down for today <laughs> that I can tell people about Vietnam era. <clears throat> we have about, about 50,000 female veterans. Um, I would say that that's not much. And usually their role are more in medical and uh, in human resources. Um, that's why in today's veteran facilities, uh, especially elderly cares, you see most of them are um, male veterans. And that's why the facilities are majorly designed for males. <clears throat> Same with <clears throat> excuse me, all the veteran organizations and the programs are majorly designed for males. Um, in... The era of pre-9-11, that's from 1990s to um, 2010, that's not, that to 2000. So there's 370,000 female veterans. You can Mm. see how much that number grow. Right. And after 9-11, it's right now, this data is from 2015, actually. It's not even today's number. It's grew up to 700 thousand female veterans yes so right now it's um female veteran occupy about 10 percent of the veteran force <coughs> and the military force but you know with the number grow tremendously our system our organizations and programs can't catch up with those numbers and especially in rural areas there's not enough 
female soldiers specialized, this female veterans specialized programs that provided to them because female veterans face their unique barriers, their unique issues that we need to identify and we need to find a solution with. Um, so for I think the first issue is that most of the female veterans are not willing to identify as veterans because yeah, I I, yeah. I, guess I see that sometimes. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't know if it's not that they're not willing. It's mm-hmm. because people put the assumption on him that they aren't. Yes. Right. It's a, yes. if you have a couple and you say there's a veteran in a family and it's a male and a female couple, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Everybody assumes it's the male. Yes. But I can't tell you how many couples I've met mm-hmm. where it was actually the the female who was the veteran. Right. And but people, if you say there's a vet in the family, there's a lot of assumptions that are made. Yes. And then um, actually, 45 percent of those females are belonging to a minority group. That's a large percentage, too. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, my personal experience that. Is I do have a veteran vet license plate in my car, and sometimes when I, it's hard to find parking, I will park in the veteran parking space in some of the shops. But whenever I park there, you can see how people look at me, thinking, you know, I don't belong there mm-hmm. because what I look doesn't represent what they think. A veteran looks right. Yes, mm, bruh. and very something really interesting is as a veteran, sometimes we are fortunate to have discounts for several places or theme parks or, um, you know, for some shops. And last time I went to the Wisconsin State Fair, they do have a Veterans Day where if you show your ID and you can get free tickets. Um, I, I don't know if you have it. The veteran ID issued from VA, uh, the right side is your name, right? Prove that you're a veteran. The back side, I think it, they're um, sponsored by Office Depot or something. So mm-hmm. it's their big logo, like Office Depot logo. Nothing but the logo. So whenever I show this ID, I always afraid if people think I just make it myself, if this is a fake. <laughs> I don't know why I have that feeling, but because I don't, my image doesn't re- represent what people usually think of veterans. Mm. So I always afraid when I hand out this ID, not a great quantity ID, they may think I, I made a fake one. <laughs> That's mm. what I think. And then the other part is that um, people always assume that females in the military does the lighter jobs, mm-hmm. which means they usually think you are in the medical field or either you are um, walk back in the office. And that's completely not true. Um, recent years, I know, there's some changes in the military where females are able to take the combat roles. But far before that, females has been taking a lot of combat roles when I go to when I when I was, uh, was in Afghanistan, I see a lot of female gunners. I see a lot of female, you know, infantry. They're not really infantry 
classified, but they still do their job as right. one. Because as a soldier, you are a soldier. Right, first. Yes. And then second is whatever job they assign you. But mm-hmm. sometimes if we don't have enough people, <laughs> you just got to do what you got to do. do. What you you got to yes. do what you're supposed to do. Yes. Um, so that assumption uh, makes us somehow less than male soldiers. It's like all... It, it it's like people when whenever I told people that about my job, so, oh you're so you're safe, right? You're not like in the battlefield. You're just sitting in the office or clinic and you do your counseling. I said, No, that's not true. <laughs> we roll out every day. We roll roll out with, with the guys. That's why we can experience what they experience. That's how we build trust. You know, when you talk to people about their stress, about what they experience in the battlefield, first of all, you have to make sure you are in the same environment with them. Mm-hmm. Then you can have the connection. They can trust you to tell you how they feel. So that's my experience. And the, the other part is the mental health part, of course. Um, people would assume you know, female have less PTSD problem. And that is not true. I don't know why that would be the assumption. Because they think they don't experience direct combat that often. And people would assume that PTSD only related to direct combat. Oh, you're being shot at or you encounter a bomb. But that's not true. There's so many kinds and types of PTSD. Correct. It could be coming from military sexual assault, and that's a big problem in the military right now. And it could from coming from secondary PTSD. For example, I'll just say my experience because my job, I have to, um, I told you whenever there's a kill in action, we have to go out to do the group, group counseling or personal counseling. The... First thing we do is called a debrief, which we talk about. Like we gather the people together, we talk about what happened, but at the same time, for their processing, um, processing the events, we want to, we want all the soldiers to talk about what they know about this person, how we can remember him or her, their fun stories, their personalities, your story with them. And something embarrassing related with them. So you kind of know this person from inside out when you do those counselings. But they're gone. And that for me, it's really, it's a depressing experience every time. Right. And then you have to go to their memorial services. It's every time you got the mission that you're going out, you know what's going to happen. You know this is going to happen all over to you again. And sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. That's fair. Yeah. More so, beyond fair. Yeah. So this is the secondary PTSD I'm talking about. Even though <clears throat> I'm not there when they experience that, but still hits me really hard facts i feel that thank you yeah thank you for um explaining that 
Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm going to jump in. Mm-hmm. All right. My what in the world is going on with is what in the world is going on with the Alabama Sweet Tea Party or the brawl on the bank or the <laughs> fight that happened in Montgomery, Alabama. Gosh, listeners, let me just say this. It, it, there, I have so many feelings about it, and most of them are not negative ones. But except for the fact that why in the world would you feel so privileged to jump on this man doing his job? That's what I don't understand. I don't understand. Now, I'm, I'm going to take a moment to explain a few things to you. Now, the South, you know, the South, whether it's fair or unfair, you know, I'm not going to say. Um, of course, I, I feel like most black people have a relationship in the South or, or uh, even though they may not live in the South, they've got family there in some type of capacity. And if they don't have any more, there was at one time. Um, but there's, I think there's rules to it. And one of the rules is this, <laughs> even though the South stereotypically is, is most people think it's like racist. I do think there's rules to the racism. Even I think one of the rules is when it comes to older black people, don't mess with them. <laughs> they done been there. Even, uh, even, even the, the racist, I don't think mess with the old black mm-hmm. people that much, because if you done got old and black in the South, you done live through some things. And you don't do that. And that ship captain, you know, he was like 64 years old. And all he was trying to do was get them to move their boat. And then you're going to try to jump him. Well, we see how well that went. And so, you know, without going too far into it, I don't understand why it had to happen because you could have just moved your boat. Number two, why are you fighting this man who's trying to do his job. Now, I'm not going to lie. I spent about two days watching videos on this whole thing because I was absolutely fascinated by everything that happened. Everything from the man uh, throwing his hat in the air and signaling for help <laughs> unofficially to the to the young man that jumped into the water and swam and let black and let uh, the people in the U.S. know that they're there. Uh, that whole thing about black people not being to swim. We can swim when we need to. <laughs> If there is if there is trouble, we will figure it out. We will swim if need be. <laughs> uh, there's there's plenty of black people in the navy. Oh, yeah. I know there is. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie. I know some of them in the navy and didn't none of them like swimming. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, they don't they, like it, but they can. They yeah, that's right. They don't like it, but they can. Um, and. Just everything that happened leading up to it, what I do appreciate about this narrative, this event that happened, is the fact that it's not, I love the fact that people came to his defense. Um, I love the fact that there was camaraderie. Um, they picked the wrong place, the wrong time, and the wrong one that day to do that too. Uh, but what I really appreciate more than anything about all the events around what happened with with uh, what we what is now being referenced as the Alabama Sweet Tea Party, um, the new official Black Holiday in the USA. Um, what I appreciate about it is the fact that like no matter who it was, white, black, um, whoever it was at the end of the day, the the response was pretty much consistently the same. And that response was they was wrong. 
and they had that coming mm-hmm. and that was it and they didn't try to make excuses i mean of course there's a few people who were like i don't understand no <laughs> most people was just like you shouldn't have jumped on that 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 man he was just doing his job you should have moved your boat that was dumb y'all got it now the other thing i'm really happy about because this is what makes this possible for this to be looked at in a in what i will call a not a negative light i won't go as far as to say a positive light but there is a positive light to it um is that no one's got seriously hurt like that there wasn't a scenario where weapons were drawn or anything like this this was the way things should be done old school brawl it out a couple people gonna get hit in the mouth things happen and and that's how it went down and that was that you know i'm glad no one got seriously hurt but at the end of the day don't do that that that, that man was just doing his job don't jump on that man leave that man alone and let him do his job and move your boat why is you not moving your boat that is ridiculousness he ain't, he ain't ask you to move his boat because he wants you to move his boat. There's a big boat that got to pull in. Why do you think you get the right to just sit there and not do the things that, that, that you're supposed to do? What makes you that privileged? Anybody else? I, I feel like 90% of everybody else would have moved their boat. Now, did they not move their boat because it was him that asked them to move their boat? Did they just feel that privilege, like they wouldn't have moved their boat no matter who asked them to move their boat? Was they just be on it? Whatever it was, I feel like they got that saying, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. They won that day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about okay. that. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We are moving on to the next segment. You ready for the next segment? Yes. Okay. We are jumping in for word association. Word association this week. Um, we always start off with what I call the unifying word, the word that bonds us all. And I like how you referenced this earlier. And the first word is food. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> I learned about what culture by food first. Usually mm-hmm. that's what I do. And... <clears throat> Speaking of food, because I'm kind of in the business of the food drinking business, um, my comfort food, it's hot pot. What's hot pot? (laughs) This is new. Like, you got to break this one down because I'm I'm highly interested and you might have to share some with me at some point. (laughs) Um, Yes. Um, Hot pot. Hot pot. It's um, I. I think a lot of you would know what fondue is. Yes. That means, you know, but it's mostly cheese-based. It started from cheese. But in China, we have something hot, hot pot where you have a boiling booth in front, broth in front of you, whether it's spicy or it's creamy or it's um, clear. Sometimes it's just water. And you were presented all these raw food whether it's meat or sausages or vegetables or tofu, and you put the food in yourself, you cook it. Mm. Kind of like Korean barbecue. And then after that, you dip in the sauce and you eat it. Um, that actually gave, usually in China, we eat it together, like five, 
four different people eat out of one pot because usually we share food in one table, and that usually the choices for group gatherings or friends getting together. So it's not only tasting the food. It's that everybody have a conversation starter. Oh, is that still raw? <laughs> is that ready to eat? <laughs> and do do you want me to put this in for you? <laughs> is that good? Uh, it's it's a great conversation starter, and it's unite everybody on the table that you're sharing something together, and you make the effort to cook this cuisine yourself. Now somebody prepare it for you because right. in Western world we usually eat our food. In individual plates, like in restaurants, you order your own entree and they bring your plate with it. Sometimes you share it, you know. Um, but you it's know. not it's not yes. the norm. Yes, but the the Eastern norm is like we order this big, huge thing in the center of the table. Everybody sharing it. Everybody put effort to cook it mm. and to test it. Oh, this is still raw. I don't eat it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Bruh. yeah, it, it's a fun, it's a really fun experience. Okay, hot pot. Yes, hot pot. I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when the hot pot is going to occur, but <laughs> if there is a hot pot that does occur, I I want in, fam. Yes, you, you'll be in. Okay, I'll be in. <laughs> Facts. Yes. Yes. Um, cocktail or beer? This is interesting. I want to talk about cocktails. So first of all, the the cocktail I always order whenever I go is Bloody Mary, because you can see from the bubble tea business that I really like the combination of food and drink together. Oh, okay. <laughs> so um, Bloody Mary have a little bit of food on top, <laughs> and then it's got a whole salad. Yes, and a lot of places, a lot of bars even have a full meal on top of it, and they have their special edition of the Bloody Mary, and. Interesting enough is Bloody Mary is the first cocktail I learned that I can order because this is a word that familiar with me to me because I when I was little, I heard about the story of Bloody Mary. So it stuck with me. But when I first came to the United States, I'm not in the age of drinking yet. So I have no idea what everything is. But I after I turned 21, I had this trouble to order drink because Usually when you work, it's it's another culture shock. When you walk into the bar, they don't really have a menu for you. Right. No. <laughs> like what I do. Yeah. And then people just mentioning all these names. And then the easiest name I can remember is a Bloody Mary. <laughs> so that's what I order. Like I don't want to make a fool of myself asking, oh, what do you have? Like, give me a list of your drinks. Or even I walk a bar, walk into a bar, they have their specials. I just pick out of specials. Right. And still, I have this trouble today. Whenever I go to a banquet or, like, an event, they have a cash bar. They right. don't usually have the menu. Right. No. You, <laughs> because most people have a go-to drink. Right. That they kind of go to. Right. But I never get the memo of that list. That I can choose from at the beginning with. So <laughs> I don't know what to order. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. No, you know what? I've never thought about that. Yeah. Um, from that standpoint. You know, I love when we have guests who who are not necessarily um 
who are who are immigrants to the country um, because there is a thing about that there's like there's so many things we make assumptions about or it's mm-hmm. just the way it is and then when someone s- sits back and tells you this is what it feels like if I'm walking into a bar and I have no idea like what I drink or what to drink that would be highly intimidating because there's like a hundred bottles sitting up there and you don't know what they what to mix it with like you kind of learn your drink over time Mm -hmm. you know what I mean you figure it out um yeah that would be I could see that yeah you know how scary it is to walk into a subway when I came over here no you have to remember all those vegetable and cheese names <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because yeah, I think it, that's true. What do they have? Like four or five different cheeses. Yeah. 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 What kind of bread? What do you mean? <laughs> so you're thinking choice is a good thing, but not always. And then the the the, the language barrier. You right. Know, maybe I don't know what cucumber is. I just know that big green thing over there. I want that. That <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say I want that. <laughs> subway all right we i'm telling you the cash we learn something new all the time um concert um i i have to say i've never been to a concert no no okay yeah um i think before um when i was in my 20s i was not really familiar with um american style of music i do listen to them but it's not like I don't love it enough to go to a concert to pay for the money and travel to go to a concert. Mm, and the money is serious sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and then now I do have them. Maybe I have I can afford some of them. So only some of them, not the Taylor Swift. Not the Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. I don't know many people that can afford that, and even if you pay for it, you might not can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> now I probably don't have the time to do that, so I never been actually been to a concert. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, we might have to work on that. Yeah. You should go to at least one of the free uh, free concerts in the park, uh, like they have. Yeah, uh, I, I've been to Miles of Music and stuff like that, but okay. not like concert, concert. Not a concert, concert. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Streaming. Okay. <laughs> so I've been watching last night Silo. Mm, from I don't know Apple that one. T- you, know, you don't know that one? I don't know that one. Do you play game? Uh, a little bit? Yeah. Um. So it is a setting it's a science fiction where everybody leaves underground there's like a hundred something levels of people oh there's hierarchies where people in control there's sheriff but they were told the outside world is really dangerous you cannot go out whether it's poisonous air or it's a after apocalypse you cannot go out you have to follow the all the rules in the silo so all the residents living the in it's a small society where all the rich and all the people have power residing in the top levels and the deeper it goes down the lower level you are mm. like the miners and all the um, people doing, like, keep the silo 
running actually going to the lower levels. Mm. Other people give directions, sitting in the office, actually residing in the upper part, which it's similar to a lot of societies <laughs> in the outside world. Yeah. Yes. There's some symbolism going on. Yes. Yeah, so right? Definitely. Bruh. Definitely. Um, it's an interesting show to watch, and sometimes you can find a piece yourself in there, which floor you were residing on, and what are you trying to break the barrier to go up? Or have you ever wondered what the outside world looks like? Right. So, yeah. Okay. You've got me, uh, I'm intrigued and I might have to look into that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Shop local. Yes. I'm a local business owner. So definitely shop local. I think um, Fox cities are great with those. Um, especially in downtown areas. I don't see a lot of big franchise or big corporations, but rather small business, especially in all the downtown areas. So you can have find a variety of coffee shops, boutique stores, and that's what I love to do whenever I go to a town. I go to their main street, and I explore the small shops that represent their you know, locals, and you can find something that you cannot find somewhere else. Um, I do have um, recommendation, and I do have a friend who, it's our neighbor, actually. She owns a little boutique shop. It's called Statement Pieces. So it's a really fun shopping experience for me because usually in today's world, if you want something, you go online and look the thing to find the thing you exactly looking for. Yep. But for those boutiques, they change your stuff every day, every week, every month. You will never know what you'll find when you go in over there. And sometimes because I have heard information, that's the thing about small business and local. You can get really personal with the owner. You can actually have a conversation and ask about things, not like the big corporation. I sent her a message. The other day, my friend had a celebration of her business, and her logo is a peacock. Hmm. So I just went and asked, do you have something related to peacock? And <laughs> she just shoot pictures all over the world, like all over the store, like something related to Peacock for me to choose from. You can't get that level of customer service anywhere else in big corporations. That's, yeah. that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Diversity. Okay. <laughs> this is a big topic for me. I think the major thing I want to talk about is I learned about this in high school and then I have a deeper feeling about it. The difference from the mosaic culture and the melting pot. And uh, I know for me and a lot of second generation and third generation immigrants, because they desire to be blending with everybody else, they abandoned or they gave up their cultural heritage. They want to be same with everybody else because they can be more acceptable. And that's melting pot. That everybody want to be the same thing to blend in, make sure, you know, I'm not sending out. I can fit in with the community. An example I heard 
a lot from second generation immigrants is that、um, when they were in middle school or elementary school, they bring lunches to school, right? And they have their special, you know, Chinese food. Their mom cook, but it looks strange and weird for、mm. other students,、mm-hmm. and they will laugh at her. But actually, it's delicious. It's great. It's authentic cuisine, but they laugh at her because she's being different, and the food looks weird or some or, or it smells weird. Yes, that's another one to、I've、them.、Heard. And then I have experienced that before too. When I bring lunch to workspaces, and then people will judge what I bring. Sometimes they ask question, "Oh, what did that is?" But sometimes they will, "Oh, that's that that smells really weird. Like your food smell occupy the whole you know lunch room. You shouldn't do that." And then that's when you think, "Oh, I shouldn't do that anymore. I just should bring peanut butter." Sandwich, <laughs> the boring, the boring food. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole workspace smell thing is a thing. Thing.、Mm-hmm. I know. I've worked in workspaces where you weren't allowed to make like microwave popcorn. Oh yeah. Because it, it's <laughs> because people feel some kind of way about it. Like people don't want to smell popcorn. I、yeah. love the smell of popcorn. Yeah. But people want or. They don't want to take the chance the person's going to burn the popcorn,、yeah. and then the space is stuck smelling bad. But I literally have worked in an office where there were signs that said no making popcorn,、mm. no microwaving popcorn.、And、I was just like, "What is this? <laughs> That's just wild to me." Yeah, and then same with clothes too. Um, every culture have their traditional. Most culture have their traditional clothes, but. The second generation not necessarily very proud of it. They want to wear the same sweatshirt everybody have, the same hoodie everybody have. <laughs> um, just be normal.、Mm. Normal is the word like they use. Um, but they, <clears throat> I think, being normal is being okay. And. You should be proud of your heritage. You should be bring your pieces of this place that be proud of it and contribute to the culture that you're in.、Mm-hmm. I bring something different. I I'm proud of it. This is the same thing that when I was in the army,、um, I know a lot of my battle bodies are actually from rural areas. They never seen anybody from other country, and they do ask me a lot of questions. And I like those questions. I don't feel like you know that this makes me different from them, but I'm proud of it. There's pieces that I can educate them with. I can open their eyes to. And in Afghanistan, I even cook Chinese food there for them to try. And it's something I have, but they don't. And then I offer. Them to it, so it's it's just an amazing experience to a, to be able have the courage to have that you know the sense of proud to bring your culture into you know the your crowd. Do you think that changes with maturity? I mean, because、um, you, you we started at a point of talking about when you're younger, 
Right. Right. And you might be second generation Mm -hmm. and you want to be, I'm doing air quotes, uh, (laughs) normal, right? Yes. Um, Does that understanding that my original culture is normal uh, also come to you later on? And then is there this, is there an opportunity for, do you, is there a change in you that says? I, I think so. It, it does change through age and experience, but sometimes it's more li- related to the experience. If you have bad experience show, showcasing your culture into others, and it may discourage you keep doing it. You right. just want to back to normal, <laughs> we say. So no, not standing out and become, you know, jumping to that melting pot. So we're the same. Right. So I can be more acceptable. I can make more friend. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think that the funny thing is, um, I think that happens when, even when you're from here. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. That like, is true. Like I just think those the the want maybe the social need of acceptance. Yes, is like I just think it's part of all of us, part yeah. of all of our stories. That is true. Um, resources. Um. Yeah. There's several resources. I want to say first of all, of course, our organi- organization NUCA Northeast Wisconsin Chinese Association. Um, we offer a lot of services. And first of all, that we service the local Asian Americans and the immigrants and then whoever have language barriers or transition barriers to move to this area. We can do small things like interpretations to help you to communicate with your daughter, daughter with a, a lawyer, with government, which with all the agencies you you want to communicate with, and we can give you the resources that locally available for minority immigrants and people experiencing hardships. And at the same time, we can just do as small as, you know, introduce you to a great coffee shop in the area, a good Chinese food place, and where you get your groceries. Um, aside from that, that we are aimed to promote our culture and bring diversity in the area, which means we have a amazing dance groups like dragon dance lion dance we have a cultural promotion group where we go to schools and we go to events to set up a booth to educate people about arts and culture um of chinese americans and sometimes we bring food too of course I'm about that <laughs> and then we did we the we do um, organize our own events like such as the New Year party and sometimes we have the Mid Autumn Festival, um, food festival. We we do a lot of food related festival. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what bring people in. It is what brings people in, and um, I don't know about you, but those are the best festivals. Yes, too. yes. Bruh. Um. So definitely, if you have a culture related events or festival or it's not culturally related any festival invite us in we can bring you know we can bring performances we can bring volunteers we can bring food 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and all of that sounds like exactly why people need to reach yes. out and bring those things yes. in to these celebrations. Yes. That, I love it. And the other resource I want to sh- uh, share is called Veteran Roundtable. Um, actually, Veteran Roundtable was organized by my past supervisor, um, Elaine Coase. She was my supervisor when I was interning in UWGV Veteran Service Office. And she organized this meeting every month. So everybody that related to veteran service, provide veteran services, or just want to support veteran groups to come together, share their resources. So sharing is the first part. And second part, a lot of people are trying to create new things to help the veterans. And this reduces the duplication of efforts. If there's a resource available already, you can just directly go to that resource. And number three is bringing more awareness for um, veteran house and veteran advocating even though your organization may not directly relate it to veteran you can still attend those meetings to find the resources and see what you can offer for veterans correct um that is a great meeting yes i, I love that meeting john does a great job a uh, big shout out to john yes um and all the veterans i go to that um whenever it is still in the in the area mm-hmm. when it's because it, now they're kind of moving around all across the fox cities yes. and and I'm not always able to come. The last one, I think, was actually in Oshkosh, yes. at Oshkosh Corp. And I really wanted to go to that one. But I couldn't break away to uh, in the middle of my work day to go to that. So yeah, sad that I missed that one. But it is a great resource. Yes. All right. Thank you for mentioning that. Okay. We are going to jump into the next segment. All right, next segment is called Kosh Hidden Gems. Kosh Hidden Gems is where you get an opportunity to tell us about some hidden gem here in the uh, the Kosh or the Fox Cities region. Um, maybe it's not hidden. Maybe everybody knows about it, but maybe mm-hmm. they don't know this particular detail about it or this particular program about it. Um, Fanny, what do you got for us? Okay, I want to introduce a gem. I don't want it to be hidden. <laughs> <laughs> I just right. wanted it to be a gem because it's my own business. Uh, why? It's because um, we have hundreds of Google reviews on our business. And one of the reviews actually talk about how our store is a hidden gem in the area. Mm. And he talks about, you know, he wishes nobody know this place. Mm. But at the same time, they want us to shri- thrive. So... He still introduced our shop to others. I appreciate our customer a lot, actually, yeah. for that. Okay, Fanny, I need yeah. you, you need to say the name of the business. Okay, it's my business. It's called Uni Uni Bubble Tea, and it's located in 823 West College Avenue, right uh, in the downtown area. And uh, what we offer, it's really interesting. We have over 50 different types of drink. So... If you can think about it, we are the Starbucks of bubble tea. Um, you have highly customizable menus where we have smoothies, yogurts, milks, and regular milk teas. We have slashes. We have um, yeah, cold drink, probiotic drink, mm-hmm. fruit teas, 
All kinds of them. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Things that do not have dairy. Uh, for yes. us non-dairy people, yes. there are some fantastic options. Yes. Um, for classic milk teas, we can use non-dairy creamers. We can substitute with coconut milk, oak milk, you can name it. And then you can choose the sugar levels. And you can choose take out things from it and put in things about it. You can choose surprise me where we make whatever we want for you. Or some of our customers just create their own drinks. They mm. know our menu enough to know what we have. So they just ask, oh, I saw this here. Can you make that? Or just throwing random ingredients together <laughs> to create something that's i think that's a fun part of it like you can actually be creative and create something for yourself you know what i appreciate about um <coughs> uni uni mm -hmm. is every time i've been there uh with you um usually a meeting <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um mm -hmm. it's the vibe um the people that come there to order like they're excited mm -hmm. like legitimately like they're excited they're enjoying themselves there's this vibrance about the space and the environment your staff is amazing yes like you can tell like they're passionate about what they do they enjoy what they do and they take it seriously yes like it's not just a job to some of them like i feel it's bigger like it's their thing like they feel really good about it and yeah. and it it creates this energy whenever you go in there. Well, outside of the fact of the uh, the Chinese pop culture stuff too, yeah. because that adds its own elements. Yeah, um, I think our decoration is anime and manga themed, and I think it's been creating manga anime and generally Asian pop culture has been creating a lot of um, waves in America right now. Uh, we do have several comic cons um, and, you know, anime cons, things related to that in the area. I've heard that those participants has doubled or tripled from last past few years because it's gained more popularity in the States. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, right now, K-pop culture is crazy. <laughs> Apparently. <clears throat> so that's the part I want to bring. In the area, like people have a space to, you know, express themselves, such as we just have our cosplay custom events too. So they, you know, people live here that are passionate about anime and manga and cosplay. They don't have a place to show, you know, what they have. <laughs> then this is a actual opportunity for them. Usually they have to travel to Milwaukee, Chicago or further to attend those you know events they have all these fancy clothes they made customized and they don't have the chance to show them <laughs> so, right yeah that's pretty cool okay i think that's a good call um on the hidden what we hope to not be yes hidden gem that is fantastic um what is the what does the kosh need the kosh um this is an interesting topic because I think we need more diverse individuals actually to work in the places and agencies aim to bring diversity in the area. Mm, representation. Yes. Um, there's several amazing organizations in the area that aim 
to service or provide diversity to um, the area or provide advocacy for you know immigrants or diverse populations. Mm-hmm. But their board members and their leaders are not so much diverse. <laughs> not, not sometimes. Yes. You are right. Um, yes. Some of the agencies. Some of the agencies, yes. Yes. Some of the agencies, right. mm, not so much. Some of them have great intentions to help diverse populations. But I think for me, it's essential to have someone in your board that understand their culture, their background to identify their what their what's their opti- obstacle is what's their difficulties in order to find solutions for those obstacles i think enough can't be said for lived experience yes, yes. right i don't think we give enough credit to lived experience you can read a lot of books mm-hmm. uh, you can be closely associated and aligned with individuals but sometimes to truly know the nuances of how to fix something yes um how to how to truly not even fix it but how to address it or how to create the best environment how to change your culture and environment so it it's it's inviting to amazing talent and diverse individuals you need lived experience in these spaces yes and then at the same time i think that's other the other issue is um, I know a lot of immigrants, they have this fear of doing something, doing community work, because they were thinking, oh, I'm facing all these difficulties and all these obstacles to get where I am right now, which is stable. Right. And back to the topic, normal. Normal. <laughs> yes. And right now I'm trying to start something that it's special. I'm trying to become a leader and that's scary for them. That means they're going to break out of their shells. They're going to go out of their comfort zones. Maybe out of cultural yes. norms. Yes. Especially for Asian Americans. We are really humble. And we just want to, if you know them, a lot of them are, you will consider them quiet. They don't speak out that much. Um, so I think that's the culture perspective of that. Like, they're scared of being a leader. They're scared of get out of their comfort zone to do something like that. And they're thinking, probably it's not my job to do this let the professionals handle it mm. and that's they don't realize they are the professionals right i was gonna say they're the professionals yes you are mm. the professional of your own experience they sometimes they don't realize that you are the expert of your own experience your own culture facts yeah okay I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a short commercial break at this time. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids, but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliette Sturkins, audiologist 
and board member of Here in the Fox Cities, and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children hear. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. Okay, we're back, and uh, we're ready to keep it moving. Now, this has definitely become my favorite segment. Uh, well, next to shout-outs. <laughs> um, my favorite segment of the cash, and this is called Story Time. This is an opportunity for our guests to share a narrative of their choice, a story of their choice with us, the cash listeners. Um, Fanny, what do you have? What do you want to share with us? I think um, we just talked about breaking the shells. Um, I want to talk about how I broke my shell to um, bring Uni Uni to the Fox Cities. Um, I have no business experience when I have the idea that I want to open a business. Um, That's why I, while I was in graduate school, I actually attended the Fox Valley Venture Center's program. It's an entrepreneurships for veterans, which if any veterans want to start a business that listening to the podcast, I would recommend that you try this program. It's free. It tells you all the way from how to have a business idea, a business model, to how to do accounting, how to do get along, how to use community resources, doing marketing and doing promotions and eventually set up your own business. And it's completely free for veterans. And it it, it gives you $1,000 seed money after you complete your um, program too, which is great. So I went through that program. Um, I started from... I did have a six pages of business plan when I started that program. Basically, just my raw idea of how to start a business. It was not good, I would say. After the program, I turned into turned that business plan into a sixty pages Bruh. business plan. Sixty. Yes, <laughs> sixty. <laughs> All the way from, you know, what is my business model, what my product is, how do I set up the price, um, all the way to three to five years financial projection. So it looks professional. It has all the details that somebody look for in the business plan. Um, it was praised by a lot of bankers saying, you know, this is the best business plan they have seen for years for small businesses. However, <laughs> that's <clears throat> Bruh. Uh, what happened is, first of all, I'm trying to start a business during COVID time. It's a food drink business. And of course, it's going to be hard. And second of all, I don't have business experiences. That means whenever I'm trying to apply for a loan, they're going to look at that and saying, oh, Maybe you just wake up one day and want to have a business and you're like daydreaming. You know, it's not something that one day you wake up, you can do. You need a lot lot of experience in this. 
And third part, it's the most important part. This is something new that I'm trying to start. Right, it's unfamiliar to yes. the region. Yes. Um, if you're not familiar with something, there's two ways you deal with it. One is just reject it, saying, oh, I, I don't know what it is. I don't think it's going to be successful here. This is things I'm not familiar with. And for bankers, it's not safe. It's risky when you bring new things or even trendy things. Um, and then there's a second option, which some of my um, mentors did. Um, there's an older gentleman that helped me from the SCORE, which is an organization to help uh, business entrepreneurs for free, mm-hmm. mentorship program. He have no idea what property is. He, the first thing he did is Google it. And he learned, he's trying to learn what it is. And then he come to me, hey, tell me about your idea. And I did encounter other business consultations. And when they talk about it, they did a brief search and saying, oh, this is just another coffee shop. We have too many coffee shops. You're not going to make money. Just give up. I heard a lot of those. Mm. And then when I applied for the loan, of course, I did reach out to t- 10 different banks for my loan. And I was rejected by all of them, actually. Um, Bruh. Yeah, either they're thinking, oh, you have a great business plan, but you don't have collateral, you don't have experience, and we're not familiar with what, what it is. And then a lot of people trying to tell me to give up. And a lot of tell, people tell me, you know, you should start small. Um, maybe you can just work with a bar or coffee shop, try to introduce the drinks to them, and then just occupy or rent a small space from them. But I told them that's not my business idea. I want to be a space where people can experience the culture. That will, you know, it, that way I'm only offering the drink, not the other part in my business plan. And... I I think I faced a lot of the, those difficulties because I'm an immigrant, and I think it's the Im- important getaway is that a lot of people don't realize you face some special obstacles when you are immigrant and trying to start a business here. Number one is that usually you choose people where are usually choose the safer way to do business, which means there's a template already. And right. you just go with the template. You don't want to start something creative, new, and risky. And the, the other part is the capital. Number one is the money capital, that right. we don't have access to capital as easy as someone local or grow up here. And number two is the human the connection capital. We don't know as many people as, you know, someone grew up here. And sometimes we're not familiar with the culture. We don't know how to negotiate with other people. And there's language barriers that it's a, it's a risk that we can't express our business idea accurately right. in second languages. And then the other part is... If you imagine some family just move here from another country, they won't have a credit score. 
And that's <laughs> yeah, right. And credit score here yeah. is everything. Yeah, and and it doesn't matter doesn't matter how much money you have. You right. don't have a credit. If you don't have credit, you can get a loan. Right. You can't even buy a house. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much experience you have. Doesn't matter. You don't have a credit score. So that's a lot of people don't realize the obstacle that immigrants facing when they're trying to get a home that we have special difficulties we have to face to start a business. And same with me. And then that's the other thing that I want to talk about that as an immigrant, I think right now there's a lot of resources available in the community. And I know sometimes we're scared. We get a lot of rejections. But if you're persistent, if you have a solid business value, uh, so solid business model, if you educate yourself, there's going to be a silver lining and never afraid and never gave up. A lot of t- people told me to give up. I did not. Eventually, I have an organization called Webic actually reach out to me. I think you have their CEO in one of them. Yes, we have yeah. had Wendy as yes. a, as a, she's a, as I like to refer to him, a Kosh alumni. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So their organization actually reached out to me. Um, they have loan officers who are familiar with what bubble tea is. And he's a familiar with the Asian culture too. So he actually reached out to me saying, oh, I think you have a great business model. Let's work on this. And he actually helped me to come up and prepare for a whole presentation to the committee, the loan committee, because my loan is larger than the loans they usually give out. Mm-hmm. I have to face all their top committees and to do a scary presentation. Mm. But... When the time I saw this committee, I immediately release a lot of anxieties because I see faces, diverse faces. I see people from different backgrounds, different colors, different age groups. I just suddenly comfortable to tell my story, to tell my business model. Because I think they will understand me. They uh, will understand me, my difficulties. They will understand where I come from and how, why my business is going to be successful in the area. Um, eventually, they were impressed with what I have to present and they gave me the loan. And they has been keeping supporting me since I got a loan. It's, it's a relationship. It's not only... Just gave you the money and be right. gone. No, yeah. I they have supported. They have. I feel like uh, I you you have become a spokesperson for yes. Wibbick. Yes, <laughs> um, I think that's the lesson that if you want something and you get out there and ask. And last week, it was the governor's reception. Right. The annual reception, and we were able to provide desserts in the Capitol building, mm. and that's a big marketing pieces for us to put on our social media. All because I asked. If you don't ask, you will never get it. Um, 
if you ask, you got a rejection, rejection, no problem. Nobody gets hurt or anything. No, it's just a no. Yeah, no, it's just a no. <laughs> if, you, if you are in sales, you know that no is just one of the hurdles on to the way to yes. Yes, <laughs> it's just no for now. <laughs> it, right, it, it, that's just the first no. Yeah. I don't get serious until about the fifth no. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And and that's that's a lot of uh, small business owners are afraid of doing um, to ask to pe- participate something that you think it's bigger than your business you're thinking oh i'm not there yet uh or they only hire you know um big corporations or big business that's not true state of wisconsin is really good about that they want to contract with minority businesses yes they do they actually do yeah they're just worrying why people don't come forward and ask right if you ask you'll get it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no, there's programming for that. Yes, a lot, a lot, a of, lot of There's grant, uh, grants. Um, there's a certification you can get, and so then you're on the list. Yes, and um, you actually get priority. Priority, yeah, yeah. Um, for bids. Um, yes, I have definitely worked with them also. Um, there, so I want to go back real quick and ask mm-hmm. a question. So, as you went to all these other financial resources Mm -hmm. banks did everybody look the same who you were meeting with to have these meetings with similar (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm just being real like yeah yeah usually well i would say all me all males and then um elder male Mm -hmm. white Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually that's the image, and then, yeah, and that and there's nothing wrong with that, but it does limit what I think is um, a, an experience base is what I want to say um, to be and and to to maybe see the shiny gem of an opportunity in something like. Yeah. A Bobo tea yeah. establishment um, in the in the region. Yeah, actually, um, the person who gave me inspiration for, you know, keep going to push my business ideas and make it happen um, is the past owner of Who Hot. You know Who Hot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he actually, he was an engineer. The owner was an engineer. Mm. And then he... Same at me when they have this idea of opening restaurants and it happens to be something new, um, Mongolia barbecue, which, right. you know, kind of like a self-serving buffet style. Yeah. You put the, you, you create your own. Yeah. yeah we have a hoo here in Oshkosh. Yes. Yes. There's more than seven now. I think it actually started around Fox Valley's when he's trying to have his first restaurants, um, he wanted a store in downtown Appleton, actually. A lot of landlord refused to rent it to him, to lease to him, because they think you're not going to be successful. Maybe this is a burger place or pizza place. Yes. But I don't know what it, what is going on with <laughs> this you're doing. So they did not lease them their property. And you know what? Right now, there's... Probably more than ten different 
Hoo-ha's. Yes, hoo-ha's in the area. Mm-hmm. So it's it's people afraid of changes, afraid of new things coming in, and that's a process that people are afraid yeah. of the things that aren't familiar. Yes, facts. Yeah, but but my store seems doing okay. Like a lot of people addicted you you get pretty good patronage uh from what i have seen not that i know no but i mean from what i've seen every time i've ever uh walked by been in there or anything as such but you also do these amazing community outreach things like i remember seeing a post one time where um you put an entire cooler of bobo tea outside for our first responders for the police and for the fire department and like they put they put it on their social yes. media and they were like, "Thank you." It like, blew up. Actually. It blew up. Yes. Like I mean, that post went crazy. It's a better investment than any advertisement or commercials. It just a cooler bubble tea for me. It's not much, but it's a lot for them. Yeah, I think. yeah. And they showed up. They came. Yes. And, they came it was and got gone. Them. Yeah, it yeah. was gone the next day. Yeah, yeah, they they didn't mess around. They came and got <laughs> that bubble tea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Now it is time to get down to the serious business. All right. Every time. Every time it makes me happy. All right. It is time for topic of the week. Uh, Topic of the week is chosen by our guest 99.9% of the time. uh, And this week will be no different. So, Fanny, what do we have for our topic of the week? It's cultural competency. Mm, Let's. (laughs) Oh, I'm feeling that. Let's go. Okay. So. As social workers, we learn it from school, of course. We have a whole course designed to present what is cultural competency. And we used to call it cultural awareness, but cultural competency is so much different from awareness because awareness is the first step that you realize there's a difference and you know your difference and you are respecting that difference and go from there. But cultural competency is both sides. I think cultural competency means, first of all, you need to know your own culture. Mm-hmm. You have a basic understanding of your own culture. And then you relate it yourself to the other person's difference. And is the first step that you realize we have differences. And the second steps you listen and learn what's the other's experiences and you respect that difference and you share you listen and you pay attention from their their perspective and use your imagination to think in this situation why their experiences are different from mine and how they react to certain situations are different from mine and why they're doing what they're doing rather than seeing their behavior being strange or unusual or wrong yes (laughs) (laughs) let's just say that that this is the wrong response yes um so i want to tell a story where um 
when I was in the social worker program, we have a class. It's called family therapy. So basically, what we did is we have a project where we are divided into groups, and we are role playing into different family members, and we take turns to play therapists and family members. And we chose a Hmong family, and I am the elder gentleman in the family, which I have Parkinson diseases. My family member want to send me to a nursery, to a nursing home, but I was really mad about this decision because in Asian cultures that I provide for this family when I was younger. Now I'm old. My children's obligated to take care of me. If you are sending me to a nursing home, then that is not acceptable. And this is really normal for almost all Asian families. That's the family dynamic. I provide for the family when I was younger, and I need to be taken care of. You know, when I was older.、Um, even now, my mom. She's retired, but she have to take care of my grandma. It's her responsibility. There's no way around it.、Mm. Um, so during this role play,、um, the whole family get together to talk about what they've been through, what the conflict is, and I was acting really angry, and I was telling one of my kids haven't get married, like. Even they're thirty years old, which is not normal for my culture. <laughs> like you're too old, you should have kids now. And if they choose not have kids, and that's really disrespectful for the family. Like I need、oh. kids, <laughs> I need a lot of kids. And you're if you're not having kids, you're refusing for your responsibility to have. You know, get our family continued in the future.、Um, the whole conversation we had, my classmates were. They think I'm really weird. They think I'm overreacting, and being dramatic. They're thinking, "Oh, this is not acting school. <laughs> Why you're doing this?" And I said, "No, I'm not." Being dramatic, this is no norm for Asian families, and that's why I think, you know, everybody learn. We learn about cultural competency in schools, but they're not really understanding it or thinking it's a. Is they still think it's a strange behavior like you're doing this? They don't thought about it in the perspective of the dynamic of an Asian family. So I think it's important. It's the same time is that for my own experience, when I come back from Afghanistan, I did experience some mental health problems. So I did go to a social worker that I was assigned to, and that social worker never been in the military, and it never, you know, don't know my culture. So I don't feel the connection. I can, I don't feel that he understand what I've been through. 
it right. so culture is not only ethnic or countries it it could be different groups like you know i was in the army and he was not and he doesn't understand the military culture mm-hmm. so it's i think it's important one for you know mental health workers to learn about cult- cultural competency and number two it's important for employers for every company everybody to understand what com- to have the skill of cultural competency and most importantly cultural competency is not a skill you can master it's not something you learn that you will oh i'm perfect with it now i'm good it's a lifelong learning experiences you learn right with each interaction you have with other people exactly every day you encounter someone you know brings a new piece of their culture to you and all you learn from that all sorts of cultures yes and not i'm not even definitely i'm not even addressing like uh race centric focused mm-hmm. kind of culture things i'm talking about um a blue collar culture yes. versus a white collar culture you know those people who work every day you know in and they're working with their hands or they're working instead of in an office uh kind of setting or space um there's so many different kind i i think of where i work at each department has a different yes. culture <laughs> Right. Yes. And those cultures, you know, we're all on the same team and we're all working towards a, a, a goal of serving the public at a high level um, and, and to provide great service and, and and to do what we're supposed to do. But there are distinct cultural differences in the departments just because of the type of work. The people yeah. that are typically work in these types of professions have... I don't uh, stereotypically. I'm gonna because I hate making broad general statements, but mm-hmm. they might have a certain slant of a personality type, um, like IT. Yeah. IT has a supposed uh, stereotypical <laughs> personality type, right? Yes. And IT has its own culture within a department. So, um, yeah. And then the, each culture have their own languages. We're not even talking about, you know, English versus Chinese languages. No. There's military languages. There's yeah. your office languages. Right. You you know how many acronyms you threw <laughs> yeah. out during this oh, episode? Yes. Because, you know, the military is full yeah. of acronyms. You was throwing them acronyms out. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And sometimes we don't realize that. Like, we're so familiar with them. And we just assume everybody knows about that. That's the, the other important part is to share. Um, to the willingness of share your own culture to explain people um your differences and what do you have and same with you know um if cultural competency it's not just one way you explain your culture to me it's i explain my culture to you why and understand or couldn't understand you can you tell me more about this um i know you can see uh, the listener can see that I have this red strings mm. on my hand. Um, I, um, my professor, my past professor in UWGB, she one day she's Hmong. Uh, we come from similar Asian cultures, where she's like, 
What's this red string you have on your hand? I've seen that in other Chinese people's hands too. What they represent? And I think that's a great question because nobody ever asked me that because they're afraid. You know, this would this offend you, <laughs> or it just showing me, you know, I don't have knowledge of your culture. But that's not true. I like people to ask me those questions. What it is? So what it is is like in China we have twelve zodiacs, right? Each year there's a zodiac. If your zodiac matches the year, your self zodiac matches the year of the zodiac. Then you're fighting with that, you know, god or whatever <laughs> animal there, and you have to wear something red on you to give you good luck. Ah. So yeah, <laughs> and so if you see some people have like a red string or something, that means their birth year matches the zodiac year that, that year. Is that is their year? Yes. Okay. I actually kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah. Not only that, I think I might know the social work you're talking about. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and give a shout out to Shane. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. All right. Okay. Yeah. Any last things you want to say about this subject matter, about cultural competency? Um, I just, I, I just think, you know, People think cultural competency is just for social workers or big corporation or community leaders. It's not true. It's for everyone. Yeah. That's facts. All right. Cash listeners, you know what this means. That means we're starting to wrap up, wind down. We're getting towards the end here. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for giving us your your ears and your minds for this period of time. Um, I'm hoping that we're delivering amazing, amazing content. Uh, I learn every episode, so I'm always proud. Um, and I'm proud that people will take time to, to listen to us. Uh, we hope that we're giving something relatable and something that you can learn from. That's always the hope that we're connecting at a different level. Um, Please, please, please feel free to reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, I would love to know what you think. I would love if you would want to be a guest. Reach out to us at askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Um, or do you know what? If you would like to have a commercial spot on the cash, reach out to us for that too. We would love to have you. Uh, cash listeners, I'd always I also want to say, please take the time to leave us a review. Um, leave us a review. Let, uh, let us know how we're doing. But more importantly, you leaving us a review lets people know um, what a great show this is. And also it raises our analytics so more people can learn about the cash because we think we got something pretty special going on here um not just that also subscribe to the cash it's only a button click uh however you are listening if you are particularly listening to apple or spotify or however you listen to the cash or consume it take the time press the button and subscribe and lastly i don't know if cash listeners knew this but I have been working on creating a YouTube channel for the Kosh. So there is a YouTube channel created. Uh, it 
it's it's an involved project. So I try to do one thing a day and it's basically taking an episode and turning it into a video and uploading it to YouTube. But that takes time. So what I kind of try to do is I try to do an episode a day. That is not working well. <laughs> um, but so far I've got about 30 of the 30 plus of the episodes uploaded. So if you go to YouTube and look up the cash, it's there. I wanted to give this option out there. So um, it gives another way to consume. So, you know, not everybody's into podcasting. Not everybody knows how to consume podcasts, but a lot of people know how to watch a YouTube video or it's a good way. It's put in um, a channel. So like once you put it on, you could just listen to the episode. So put it on your TV and listen to the cash. I'm just trying to give more options um, to be able to connect because once again, we think we have some pretty special content here. I don't know another podcast regionally where you get to know who your neighbors are and your neighbor gets to teach you something valuable uh, to help you engage our community. It's just different. All right. Now, on to what is truly my favorite part of the show. It is shout out time. All right. Shout out time. Fanny, who you shouting out this week? Okay, of course, I'm going to shout out to all the Dragon Boat Committee we're doing. So as you know, we are organizing the Northeast Wisconsin Dragon Boat Festival. And I started with, we started with three people <laughs> at first. <laughs> yes, and you did. Yes, and we grew into nine or even ten people crew right now, mm-hmm. which is amazing. It's just people coming from everywhere just volunteering their time and energy to put this big cultural event in Oshkosh City where I'm very excited and it's a lot of work facts they have their full-time job but this is another full-time job that they do like you know we are sending out midnight emails because that's the only time we have to, <laughs> to send out emails um yeah it's all the hard work i'm just really moved by their motivation and by their dedication to put this event together and then we are a month away so it's going to happen in september 16 2023 in leech ember theater of oshkosh city and it started from 10 to 5 we still need volunteers we still need um we're having that boats right now, I think. <laughs> and we need participants to come over here to promote your, um, have a boost to promote your organization, your company, and to make... Do they got to pay for that? No, no. Actually, it's free. Affinity Fair is free now. So we want the public to learn what's available in the area. Mm. So come out here and take a boost and then educate people and promote your uh, organization with us. I want to give another shout out to Timber Smith um, because he actually encouraged me to have the idea to organize the Dragon Boat Festival. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm relatively new to the area. When I came over here, I learned um, Timber told me that there was a festival happening for 10 years in Oshkosh. I didn't know about that. And that gave me the courage. Oh, I can do something like that here. I can restart a project. And Facts. Now it's Histor- happening. Historical context <laughs> yeah. helps. Right? Yeah. Who yeah. knew? Not yeah. who would have thought Oshkosh. Right. right. 
All right. That's it. You got all your shout outs in? Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. Um, let's see. This week, I think I've got a good list of shout outs just because when I don't, when I miss a week or two, I've got to catch up with everybody. I want to send a shout out to uh, Neo uh, Medina, who is a Kosh alumni uh, from the boy, uh, who has just finished this amazing mural on the Boys and Girls Club. I want to send a shout out to the Boys and Girls Club of the Fox Cities. Uh, or the Fox Valley uh, for their 25th anniversary. I got to go to this event. The unveiling of this mural is powerful. Uh, if you know, you know, but Nao does this amazing thing where he builds community around this art project and lets the youth lead. And in this case, their faces make up the art. And this takes up not just one side of a building, but he even stole a little bit more uh, wall space on the on the other side of the building also. Um, but it's community building through art and it doesn't get better than this. And I can't think it's such a powerful platform of of making creating a space where people feel like they belong. And if you want to truly have long term unity in your community create that base with your youth. And that is exactly what he's doing um, in the Fox cities region. So big, big shout out to Neil and all the young uh, men and women and all the community members who came out and were part of painting the mural, which also included me. I got, a, I got an opportunity <laughs> to get out there. Uh, I want to send a special shout out to Oliver Zerno. Um, he is the director of, uh, the building for kids, um, just having great conversations with him, um, making moves. He is so engaged and knows the community so well and is always doing things to make the community a better space. So just big shout out there, big shout out to African heritage for their back to school event. Um, African heritage just is always on point. They, they do amazing work. Big shout out to Anthony Miller, the new diversity, equity, and inclusion coordinator or director for uh, the Oshkosh School District. Uh, there's an event where he's going to be at today, and I'm going to go make sure that I go say hello to him. Um, the work is long and hard, and that's what I'm going to say. Um, want to send a big shout out to my fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, for those who are going to be on our Dragon Boat team. <laughs> we have formed a dragon boat team. And yes, we, we are going to be about that life. I don't know how well we're going to do. Some of us are a little bit worried about, uh, things called joints and <laughs> shoulders and whatnots. Uh, but we're going to power through, uh, we're not coming in here thinking we're going to win anything, but we are going to show up and support. So big shout out to alpha Phi alphas, uh, drag dragon boat team. Um, Shout out to Lona over at uh, Chicago House of Hoagies. Congratulations on your one-year anniversary. It was an amazing event. I definitely got to have. Uh, go check it out and have uh, two of those hoagies. Uh, yes, crazy yummy. Um, to Myla Music, wow. That's all I'm going to say, wow. I lost my mind with Myla Music. I went to about six, seven, eight shows, two <laughs> shows on a bus, and like, the quality of performer you get and it's free is astounding. Like there were numerous shows I went to where I literally had goosebumps because it was that good. Like this wasn't some practice. These were top notch performers 
putting their best out there and truly connecting. It was powerful on a lot of different ways. And last but not least, I want to send a special shout out to UW uh, to my UW Oshkosh uh, brothers and sisters who are working there. There's tough times going on at the university. Um, UWO is always home for me. Um, that's my old team, still my team as far as I'm concerned. If you need me, I'm here. Um, but I also want to say to the community, don't sleep on UWO. It is like this is a time UWO the I don't know if this statistic is still true, but UW Oshkosh is the second largest employer in Oshkosh. And if they are going through challenging times, that means the greater community could be affected also. So this greater community needs to step up. They have done so many great things for the community in the long term. Um, they have educated not just uh, our workforce, but our children um, who have gone out to do greater things, or maybe they stuck around here because of the education they got here. But nonetheless, it is a staple. It is um, it is a pillar of the community. And while they go through tough times, we, we here of the cash need to be there for them and to support them in all kinds of ways. Uh, as I look into... Um, you know, there's a lot of Titans around here. That's what I'm going to say. There's a lot, a lot of Titans around here. Okay. Now, we are at the end of the show, and there's one thing left to do, Fanny. And that is you have two, you actually have three choices. So you can either give parting words of wisdom. Okay. Or you can do what would yourself today tell your 12-year-old self? Or option C, like most multiple choice tests, all of the above. You can do both. So <laughs> what would you like to do? Um, I would just do the wisdom words. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think we are really familiar with the phrase um, that usually used in the military culture, which um, pain is the weakness leaving the body. But that's for physical pain. So for mental pain, I want to say that the word of wisdom is tear, is weakness leaving the body. It's okay not to be okay, and it's okay to cry. And it's okay to get emotional and depressed while you encounter something you know you, you feel emotional about. And it doesn't show weakness. It's just your weakness leaving the body. I love that. That's fantastic. All right. Fanny, what'd you think? Good. Yes. You know what? It's the cash. <laughs>